first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. I'm your co-host, Tian Sermons. And I'm Aiden Payne. And today we're reporting from our hometowns to talk about some of the Kids First Film Critics' favorite films throughout the year 2021. Today we'll be talking about No Time to Die, Cinderella, Coda, and Ron's Gone Wrong. We will also talk about Vivo, Cruella, In the Heights, King Richard, Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, and our most anticipated films for 2022. First up, we're going to be talking about No Time to Die with Benjamin. So what do you think makes this film so amazing that it is one of your top films? It's James Bond uh, through and through. I mean, the, it was interesting being a moviegoer and seeing the road this movie's kind of gone down. It was the first major, at least uh, Hollywood movie to be delayed due to the pandemic back in like March, early, early March. Um, and they moved it. And then it obviously it kept getting moved and kept getting moved and over. It got delayed for over a year and a half. It was, I mean, there's obviously an element of it's great that this movie exists and we finally get to see it. But also it's a, just a great James Bond movie. I mean, it, it takes uh, everything that these movies are, the good and the bad, really makes the best out of uh, it's. It really does feel like a Bond movie that honors um, where these movies have come from. And I think that's always kind of the challenge is crafting something new, but also uh, paying homage to what's come before. And I think this does that amazingly. And also it says goodbye to Daniel Craig, um, who at least for my lifetime has been the Bond, uh, my Bond. So, and it's emotional and it's exciting and it's everything you could want from one of these movies. Nice. So why should others go and watch No Time to Die? Because it's James Bond. But I mean, you know, it's entertaining. This is a two and a half hour movie. It it starts to get a a little less fast paced than the hour and you feel it. They pack a lot into that first hour, and then um, there, it, there's some. The midpoint isn't quite as strong as where it starts and where it ends. But like I said, yeah, where it ends, um, it is also probably its peak um, in terms of everything it's doing. And I also think, yeah, the appeal is still the same. You know, James Bond. These are movies that travel the globe, and there's some amazing action scenes in this movie. There's one with uh, there's an agent played that by Anna de Armas from Knives Out, um, who is sort of a new recruit that works with James Bond. And there's this shootout in Cuba that goes on for like 10 or 15 minutes. And it, you were just locked in. It is amazing. So, I mean, it's all still there. And that's why you should see it. They haven't, they haven't lost their touch with what makes these movies work. That sounds really interesting. Yes. So, if you got to be a part of this film, how do you think your character would, in sense, fit in? I can't be a part of this movie, man. I mean, I'd like to think, uh, like, uh, who are you in a James Bond movie? Of course, you want to be James Bond. But at the same time, I don't know if this is quite answering your question. I feel like I'm going at a tangent here. But 
at the same time, my favorite thing about the Daniel Craig movies is maybe you don't want to be James Bond. I mean, basically every woman he falls in love with or grows an attachment to betrays him or gets murdered. Uh, he kills a lot of people and he doesn't really, there's no like joy in it. It's, it's all pretty dark and serious. And like the toll that takes on him is this killing machine which is also just another reason you can't trust anybody. That's another great part of this movie is that is this movie is mean to James Bond. Oh my God. They put this guy through the frigging ringer. I mean, he starts out low and then at the end, somehow he ends up even lower. Um, and yeah, James Bond will return, but you know, if you've seen this movie, you know that it'll be interesting to see how that happens. James Bond will return by the way. It's, what they flashed at the end of every James Bond movie. So that was really awesome to see at the end of this one too. What made you want to review this film originally? Because I love the Daniel Craig movies. I think and another thing, it's not just the character, it's what he's brought to it. I, I, think, I think one of these movies, maybe greatest asset is his eyes. They're so blue. I just like anytime there's a close-up on like how how do they make a human with eyes that blue? It's insane. Uh and they really take full advantage of that. Um I think yeah, it's the Daniel Craig run. It is it is a more traditional Bond movie. The villain is a poison merchant. I mean, you get the gist. A merchant of poison, that's what we're rolling with here. There's other secret agents, there's all these different locales. I, I think it's also I fortunately got to see it on the big screen uh, just bef- just about a month ago before it started to go out of theaters. And I really wanted to do that. But you also now watch it at home. That's kind of the amazing thing about this last year is a lot of the year's biggest movies are will be available at home in like two months, which is pretty remarkable, or they already are. And this is one that is so cinematic that I feel like if you, regardless of what you're watching it on, a phone, an iPad, a computer, it will take you somewhere. And that is something I think only the best movies can do. Watch this movie. It's great. It made me cry a little bit near the end. I mean, I was, I was just jazzed. I was jazzed at seeing a James Bond movie again on the big screen and one that uh, was rewarding to those who love the Daniel Craig movies. Yes. Well, I guess um, me and even everyone else watching will have to go check it out. I mean, of course, watching out, but, Uh, go check it out. So thank you so much for speaking with us today, Benjamin. No problem. I love talking about James Bond. Next time there's (laughs) one of these, I'll have to come back. You are listening to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. Today we recently talked about No Time to Die. Now we are going to be talking about Cinderella with Kyla. Great, super excited to talk about this film. I mean, I've gotten to see it myself and I loved it. Yeah, it is amazing. So what makes this film perfect to be on our top film list? I mean, I guess a great way to summarize it is that it just checks all the boxes. Like the acting, the sets, the costumes, the music, the singing, the creative twists on the original story. It's just everything that anyone could want or expect from a new modern version of this original story. Definitely. And so what song would you say is the best or in a sense, the best cover? And why do you think that? There are so many songs like this is kind of impossible to choose, but 
either the the version that they did of somebody to love that was so beautiful and i had and i was listening to it on repeat for like weeks after it came out um but a million to one in dream girl were some of my favorites as well why is this film good for families to watch so as i previously said it like checks all the boxes but it's great for families in particular because it does have the appropriateness um it also has great messages and themes for kids and really anyone um like kindness forgiveness the fact that luck can change your life uh, all of the like ones from the original story which you know cinderella um but this one also really really strongly portrays um that women and girls can do just as well as men this is shown um when the main character ella is shown having great um skills at designing dresses and other clothes and so she just does a really good job and it kind of shows how there's kind of a stereotype but she kind of shows that that doesn't have to be true and it's definitely a good lots of good messages in them so how does this version of cinderella come off different from the old ones yeah so there are a lot of similarities but there are also a lot of creative differences one of my favorites is how billy porter um is kind of a new character that wasn't really in the original it's the fabulous godmother and basically he just sings at different points in the time it's kind of like a rap kind of like a sing just adds kind of a jazzy twist um as he kind of narrates what's going on shows a little bit about what's happening in the town and kind of sets the scene for everything that's going on so that was definitely one of my favorites if you were to okay if you were to have a role in the film who, what role would you play and what song would you add to sing? Oh my goodness, that is a good question. I don't know. Um, probably I would either choose um, Indina Menzel's character, the evil stepmom, or um, Cinderella, played by uh, Camila Cabello. Um, I don't really know what song I would add that but I would love to cover one of the songs they did, like Dream Girl or A Million to One and Somebody to Love, like I said, are my favorites. Those would be so awesome to be able to sing. And I love acting and singing, so that would be such a great experience. Yeah, that actually sounds a lot of fun. Like so I've watched it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kyler, for speaking with us about Cinderella. Thank you for having me. It was such a great experience. Of course. Let's take a break. I'm Tian Sermons. And I'm Aiden Payne. And you are listening to Hot Days with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. And today's show is sponsored by News Omatic Film Festival. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm Tiana Sermons. And I'm Aiden Payne. And we're reporting from our hometowns. You're listening to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. Today we've been talking about Cinderella. Now we're going to be talking to Co- about Coda with Benjamin. So what do you think makes this film fit to be on the list of our top 2021 films? Number one, because nobody's heard of it. And it's great. It really is. This one dropped on Apple TV+, Plus, which I feel like very few people have, maybe out of the context of Ted Lasso uh, or used. I mean, I'm speaking for myself here. Uh, I, 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 I haven't watched, I, I haven't spent enough time on that service. And uh, this is a gem of a movie. It's about a, the daughter of a family that runs a fishing operation. And she is the only hearing person in an all-deaf family. And she has dreams of, uh, basically, she loves to sing. Uh, and she doesn't quite know how to capitalize on it. And she is a choir teacher who sort of gives her an idea of what she could do with her talent. And uh, it goes from there. There's a lot of emotion and a lot of drama, uh, but in the end, everything works out pretty okay. Seems like it. Were there a few ways that Ruby was still able to connect with her family while she was the only hearing one in her deaf family? Mm, that's a good question. Most, um, I mean, obviously she can sign because she has to because of her family, but also that she kind of becomes part of the reason that she's so scared to... Um, really pursue singing and go to college and every, all the stepping stones that go from there is because she is really the only attachment her family has to like the hearing world. And she sort of becomes an interpreter for them, especially since they're running a business and they have to like go to market and um, sell their product and stuff like that. That Yeah. She is the, uh, without her, you know, it, they are kind of at a disadvantage, but she sort of tries to find a way where they can keep running their operation and she doesn't have to uh, be there for them at every moment. Yeah. But there's also going off. Sorry. Sorry. There's a lot of tension around that. And like her brother <laughs> uh, is around the same age as her. And he kind of feels sort of left out that, you know, she is so, so valuable to the family and he, um, you know, isn't as evidently important to them um, 
or, you know, clearly important to them in their everyday life. Right. <laughs> so how do you think it would actually feel like for you personally, living in Ruby's shoes and experiencing life the way that she does? I don't know. This is, I mean, No Time to Die was a much more interesting answer. This is kind of very domestic uh, family drama. And I thought, you know, honestly, I take a lot more joy in watching this story unfold on screen as it is. I'm not sure I want to, you know, have to sort of go through the mild, but um, well, I, effective well, I guess worries okay. that she does. So. Well, I guess it's more of on the terms of like, in a sense, what connections or like what emotions did you feel for her? Like while watching oh, the film? This movie does. Yeah. Yeah. This movie does a really great job of. Yeah. The, the it's the central character's kind of perspective that sort of sets it apart. She is very. Not antisocial, but she does kind of retreat often um, from her peers and you've seen a lot of these coming-of-age stories. Obviously, there's this bend of um, the setup of her being a coda, which is child of deaf adults. Um, but, and, and, you know, kid, small town, big dreams. Boom, you got yourself a movie. But I thought <laughs> it, it does such a good job of making, it, making a story you've seen before feel new. And there's some really amazing moments um, where they kind of jump back and forth between her perspective as a hearing person and her family's perspective as um, a deaf deaf people. And uh, in particular, oh man, it still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. There's one scene at a recital uh, where all of a sudden you're in the shoes of her father and the sound goes out and it's really amazing stuff, so. Sounds interesting. <laughs> So, what do you think, like, how do you think this would be interesting for kids? Um, I think that they can relate to the, the family dynamics. They are still very much, you can see a lot of your family and this family, even though they kind of have a different setup uh, and different things, challenges that they have to work through. But, um, and I also think, you know, you know, anybody who's ever kind of felt like they're uh, looking for something more, maybe. I don't know. That's a reach, I guess. But uh, there's a better way of putting that in there somewhere. But, you know, people with dreams, it's very vague and broad, but that's what it is. It's a movie about, it's a movie about a, a girl who uh, has dreams and, just, you know, finds a way to get closer to realizing them. And it's really beautiful. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today, Benjamin. This was pretty incredible. Thank you. Coda is a four-star movie. Go watch it, even though it's on a relatively obscure streaming service. It's great. Uh, it'll make you happy. It might make you shed some tears. I watched it with my grandma, and we both loved it. Yeah, well, I have Apple TV, so definitely check that out now. You're listening to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. Today, we'll be talking about No Time to Die, Cinderella, and Coda. We will also be talking about Ron's Gone Wrong, Viva Cruella in the Heights, King Richard, and lastly, Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now we're going to talk about Ron's Gone Wrong with Gianna and Sammy. Why is this film worthy of being on kids' first 2021 films list? We'll talk. 
Well, it delivers a really important message about technology today. And it's also really funny when doing it. It makes, you know, a big statement and it needs to be heard. How can people relate to this story of Ron's Gone Long and all the characters, Gianna? They could relate to the story and the characters of Ron's Gone Wrong is because they are being affected negatively and some positively by the technology and just by the B-Bots itself because it posts things and you can connect with people, but also has something you don't but always has some things that you don't want on there. And technology is not always good for you. So and I think they really in, like show that in the film. And I think they can relate to the characters because Barney, who is in middle school, he is going through a lot of phases and challenges. Um, he's kind of an antisocial kid, so people can relate to that. And they can also relate to, like I said, the challenges he faces. Yeah, I'm sure. And um, I know a little bit in this film. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I know a little bit about it. And, you know, everybody's really into robots and technology. So, Sammy, what do you think it would be like living in a world where everyone was just like really into and obsessed with robots and technology, where they were, in a sense, their only friends? I honestly think we already live in it. I mean, you know, just going to school nowadays, everyone's on their phones, either hiding under their desks. Um, you know, you connect with your friends through texting and Snapchat, even though your phone isn't like a physical friend. I feel like this film represents, you know, um, I feel like the B-bots in this film, the people, uh, the technology in this film who represents like a friend. I feel like that's honestly just such good representation of phones today, even though our phones aren't technically robots that are that act like friends you know we reach our friends through them and we're always on them <laughs> definitely i would have to agree i mean just uh thinking about the film i mean i would have to like i say agree i feel like we are just like really into the internet i mean sometimes people don't really go out that much anymore so if you got to be a part of this film um like how would you fit in um and let's start with you gianna so how I think I would fit in in this film is I think I would use the Bebop more at home than at school because at school is when I can connect with my friends. You can connect with your friends through the Bebop, but me personally, I think talking to your friends in person and interacting in person is more fun than just texting each other and calling each other on the phone. But if you're not hanging out with them, like I said, I will use it more at home so I can watch videos. I can also text them while I'm not at school and I can do multiple things. So that is how I would I think I would fit into this film. And what do you think, Sammy? Um, I think that I would fit into the film in a way that I would have a similar arc as Barney does. I mean, I'm a very clumsy person, so I'd probably drop. Um, my V-Bot as soon as I got it. <laughs> and, you know, that what happened to Barney is his got screwed up. Um, and mine would probably get screwed up. So I don't know. I feel like I'd definitely uh, learn a bit from just, you know, having an actual B-Bot around, learning the damage that can cause all that. Sure. <laughs> that would be 
pretty interesting having robots in real life. What? Right, well, thank you both so much for speaking with me today. Thank you for having us. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana Sermons. And I'm Aiden Payne. And you're listening to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. Today's show is sponsored by News Omatic Film Festival. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Tiana Sermons. And I'm Aiden Payne. You're listening to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. We'll be talking about No Time to Die, Cinderella, Coda, and Ron's Gone Wrong. We will also talk about Vivo, Cruella, In the Heights, King Richard, and lastly, Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. Now I'll be talking about Vivo with Tiana and Gianna. Uh, this question is for Tiana. What makes this film a good pick for, you know, the 2021 film, the top 2021? So I think what makes this film such a great film for our top list is that it's such a very fun, very vibrant, very musical film. And the best part is it's for family. So there's different hints of, you know, in a sense, different genres of music, even though it's all very upbeat. There's some a lot of different emotions you'll go through. And one thing I love is that Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote all the songs for it, I love how he just has a very, like, while you feel all the different emotions, he still portrays it in such an upbeat way. And he also plays the role of Vivo, the main character, who's actually a kinkajou, which is a uh, like an animal. And so I think it's just pretty a pretty great movie for families, kids, everyone to watch that no matter what, I'm pretty sure they'll enjoy watching it. So, Gianna, what can you tell me about the color scheme and the different styles of animation that they use in the film? Um, the color scheme that they used in the film was very vibrant, like Tiana said, and 
it was very colorful and it really expressed how the character performs in the film and how they act throughout the film and it just suited the character. That makes sense. So this question is for Tiana. What makes the musical different from other musicals? So what makes this musical different from other musicals? I mean, I've seen a bunch. I mean, uh, my favorite creator of musicals is Lin-Manuel Miranda. I mean, I've seen Hamilton. I know they're going to be talking about In the Heights today and Viva now. And I think what makes it different is that one, it's very different to see an animated musical like this one. I mean, most of them are Broadway musicals. So seeing something like this from somebody who's created tons of movie uh, music for Broadway musicals, bringing all that to animation and also seeing how um, Lin-Manuel Miranda has done a lot of, you know, fast rapping and uh, singing, especially throughout Viva. So it's pretty awesome seeing how the mouth and the movements are actually matching up to the way that um, the song is, you know, whether it's the fast rap. So I think that's really what makes it stand out from other musicals and makes it so enjoyable to watch. And what was your favorite part or song from Vivo? Uh, let's start with Gianna. So my favorite song in Vivo is My Own Drum, performed by Yinarli Simo, who plays Gabby, because it is upbeat and it describes how Gabby feels throughout the film. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I like upbeat songs. So um, what can we learn from watching Vivo? Like, what is the message, Gianna? The message of Vivo is that even when times are tough, you have to hope and do what is best. Because even though, um, I'm going to have to spoil a little bit here. Um, uh, Andres dies and he, um, Vivo, he wants to, and Andres, he never got to deliver his message and song and how he feels about um Martha, who is played by Gloria Estefan, so he has to travel all through um, to Cuba to Miami, and he has to overcome challenges uh, along the way and obstacles, and he never gives up, like I said, even when times are tough. Good to know, and I like how you said you had to spoil a little bit, give a little spoil warning. Thank you for... You know, Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you. Hi. You're listening to Hot Days with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. Today, we've been talking about Vivo. Next up, I'll talk about Cruella with Tiana. Why is this film a perfect fit for our top 2021 film list? This So Cruella is a perfect fit for this list because it's... It's different. So there are different um, films about Cruella DeVille. And I think um, this one just it tells more about her backstory. But I think it's very. I guess just like the theme of it, like it's a live action. So I think just seeing the different uh, like the way they produce the tone. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, the tone of the film. So it's supposed to be like she's a very fashionable, very stylish villain. Um, so 
So I think just the way they show it, like her main colors are black and red, and it's kind of like a black and white uh, color scheme that she has to her. So I think just the way that Emma Stone uh, portrays the role of Estella, but Cruella DeVille, um, and also seeing how even Emma Thompson, who plays the Baroness, who's supposed to be like her enemy. And there's another thing to it, but I'm not going to give any spoilers. So you'll have to watch that to figure out the other part. But um, just really seeing, uh, thinking about the tone of it and how the roles are portrayed, how the movie is set up with the plot and the different plot twists. Um, I think that makes it really fit for this list. Good to know. So what about this film makes it different from other films featuring Cruella DeVille? So really, the main thing that makes it different is that it tells about her backstory. In the other films about Cruella DeVille, it was the all the 101 Dalmatians. So it was really just showing her being the villain and her, you know, trying to kidnap the Dalmatians to uh, use their fur for... Uh, you know, different uh, clothing. So I think what makes this one really different is about her backstory. I mean, you see all the plot twists, you see the, um, you know, all the, like more of her, you see more of Cruella DeVille for who she is and less like the villain. Like while she has her revenges, villainous moments, you see more of her emotional side and uh, you even get to see her when she was a kid. Um, and learn about her backstory a little bit, uh, building up to why she's the villain she is today. So that's really what makes it stand out from the other 101 Dalmatian films. Oh, I see. So it just focuses more on her backstory. Yes. Unlike the other ones. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So what about the music and how it fits in with the scene and plot of the film? So the music was sensational. I mean, there were songs like uh, No One That I Really Love Is One Way or Another. Um, that song was pretty a beat. I mean, it showed that specific song was on the parts where they were showing her innocence doing like her fashion shows things where she would make her innocence guest appearances to events that the Baroness was about. And you'll have to watch the film to learn uh, more about why she's doing that, showing up at the events that the Baroness is at. But it's really just about, um, like, the music really sets the tone for it, just like the color scheme. But the music really helps you know what she's feeling. It's almost like getting into Cruella's thoughts um, and feeling her emotions, really getting that connection. But instead of it being like a narration, they put it more into um, music. So, you know, I think that's how the music really fits in with the plot of the film. Well... <laughs> Thank you, Tiana, for talking with me. Bye. Bye. You are listening to Hot Days with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. We just finished talking about Cruella and Vivo. Right now, we are talking about In Heights with Benjamin. Yes. How are you, Benjamin? <laughs> Better than ever. Let's do this. Yes. I'm excited to talk to you about another movie. I mean, In the Heights. Well, Miranda musical. Yeah, In the Heights was probably one of the best musicals that I've ever seen, besides Hamilton and Vivo, but In the Heights was the best musical movie. So, why do you think that In the Heights belongs on this list of top 2021 films? It's okay. 
I'm just kidding. This movie's <laughs> great. It's really good. Uh, it was on. It was one of those that was on HBO Max and in theaters. I watched it at home. I wish I had, to be honest with you, but it was great at home. It's very long, but it, it works because you really by the time by the time you get to the the end of this movie and it's uh you know there's a key decision the main character makes and he's finally getting ready to kind of sort of leave home. Like, oh my gosh, I've been through so much with these people. Uh, and that that is really one of my favorite things that a movie can make me feel is like two hours feeling like years in a good way, not in a I'm stuck in a movie theater for the next hour and a half. This was a bad decision kind of way. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's a great musical. It really it's, it has so much energy. Um, it's got a really great story about family and uh deciding you know kind of honoring where you come from but staying where you are and there's lots of great music and the, the energy it's 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 so amazing how 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 joyful like every second of this movie is um and and maybe that is a bit uh it sounds like it's to its discredit but it's got it's got some um, it's not all smiles and sunshine. And I also appreciate that um, not every, it's a lot about compromise by the end. Like every character kind of has to tinker with their ultimate vision a little bit to get what they want and be with the people they love or stay with the people they love. Yeah. And kind of speaking on the topic of community, why do you think In the Heights is such a special film to culture and beliefs? Um, I think because it manage it, it, it makes it clear that it's so, hmm, okay. I have one quibble. I, I've watched the opening of this movie more than I have the actual movie. I've only seen the full movie once. As I said, it's very long. I don't have that kind of time, but I've watched the first 10 minutes, like three or four times. And I think something that it, it, uh, one misstep it makes, I think is, um, you start seeing not just how these characters get up but like everybody in the neighborhood which i think a really smart thing it does after that um is confine it to this is going to be about this one block and the people who live on it that also feels like kind of a musical thing too yeah. uh, and obviously this is adapted from a musical i don't know if i mentioned that um but like making it clear like narrowing its sights and the opening is kind of a contradiction to that but i feel like it helps get you in the mood of uh these are working class everyday people and here are their lives um and they have yeah they have jobs that's a crazy i mean i don't know the other movies i've talked about on here and same with coda uh i i'm always really impressed with media uh, i feel like uh, this is always some okay this is a tangent if i've ever heard one. i'm sorry it's, it's fine uh, i would be doing like the same thing. friend in the in the friend's fever and everything Come on, these people have to go to work. They don't have time to screw around all day. You know, that was always my thing. How do you have an income when you're palling around with Ross and Rachel? Um, but yeah, I'm just going to wrap this up. So I stopped talking. It's okay. I mean, I would do, like I said, I would do the same thing. I could talk about this movie forever. Yeah. It's that good. So what age recommendation star rating would you give this film? All ages. I'm gonna say it. I mean, I don't. I don't. There's nothing really. There's a few like 
jokes, uh, particularly the ladies at the salon, have a whole song where they, yeah, they're they're yeah. spouting gossip, and it uh, gets a little little risque. But I mean, that's gonna fly over any like eight year old's head. So I'm gonna say all ages. I think it is a movie that anybody can understand in terms of feeling and um, just how joyful it is. Um, and I could usually, yeah, this is. This is very much a family movie too. I watched it with mine and um, yeah, go see this, watch this movie. It's on HBO right now. Um, and, yeah. and actually I just got a, a Black Friday on Blu-ray. It is a movie that is so good that you kind of want to take a little part of it with you uh, once it's over. Yeah, you definitely will get something from it no matter um, you know who you are um, just from the music aspect. And also what you were saying about um and this is like how they kind of cover up things. They use a lot of idioms, um, especially in the song No Medigo, which was with the ladies at the salon. So pretty good movie that people should watch. Great movie. Yes. Well, thank you for talking with us about In the Heights today, Benjamin. This was No problem. Thank you for sticking with me. Of course. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana Sermons. And I'm Aiden Payne. And you're listening to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. Today's show is sponsored by News Omatic Film Festival. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm Tiana Sermons. And I'm Aiden Payne. And you're listening to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. We've been talking about In the Heights. And now we will talk about King Richard with Gianna and Sammy. How are you both? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great. I mean, I've seen this film. It was amazing. I saw it in theaters, so I can't wait to see how you guys liked it. 
So, Sammy, what about King Richard makes it so amazing um, that it's on our top list? Well, I mean, everything, honestly. I love tennis, and I'm a big fan of Venus and Serena. Um, What I will say, though, is that this film mainly focuses on Venus. Uh, But something that makes it really amazing is, you know, how closely it follows Richard and... um, and it, you know, captures all of the parts of his character and how he's a multidimensional character, not just showing the good parts or the glamorized parts. It really gives us like a view into the life of Venus, Serena, and Richard. Um, and Richard. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree on that. It's a pretty, pretty special film. And it's also based on a true story. So, Gianna, what was your favorite part of watching? Well, I know Sammy said like it's mostly about Venus, but Venus and Serena Grau. My favorite part of watching them was the ups and downs of them becoming the famous tennis players they are today. Because, like, if you just show the like like the glamorous parts of their lives and what they went to through, you wouldn't relate to it as much as you would as they did when. Like they, as they did with this movie, because they show the ups and downs and the struggles of the families. Of course. Yeah, I would have to agree on that. Sammy, what is so special and touching about the story behind King Richard and what connects to you have to it? Okay, so a big thing about this is it shows like you know, you're growing up with Venus and Serena and it shows up the hardships they'd have to endure. Like um, a big part of it in the beginning is Richard, the father of Venus and Serena got in fights um, out of the tennis courts. And I feel like, you know, like I was saying before, it it's really special that they don't just make it like, uh, that they don't just make it like a big production that's glamorized it really shows what they had to go through like all of the work that they put in even though they weren't sacrificing their childhood they were sacrificing a big part of it and it's really inspiring that you know all of the work that they put in for that um it paid off they're like the best players ever good to know Gianna how was the experience of watching this film the experience watching this film was, I mean, the production-wise, it was very clean. You could see everything that was happening. The they, It had background music, which made it intense, and it fit the scenes that the background music was in. Um, you could see everything that was happening, like I said. Uh, the, the, uh, the shots were very like clean and i think they did a very good job uh production wise all right well i hope i mean i've already seen it but i hope everybody else watching make sure that they check out king richard because it was a really great film it sounds really interesting yeah it was well thank you both for speaking with us today thank Thank you for having us thank you you're listening to hotties with kids first coming attractions our top 2021 films Today, we've talked about No Time to Die, Cinderella, and Coda. 
We've also talked about Ron's Gone Wrong, Viva Cruella, and In the Heights, and King Richard. And right now, I'm going to be speaking with Aiden about our top film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I mean, I've seen some of this film, but I haven't seen a whole lot about it. So, or I haven't seen a whole lot of the film. So I'm pretty interested in learning a little bit more about what I can expect when I go back to watch it. So what do you think makes this film worthy of the number one spot on the kids first top 2021 films list? If you like action movies, that'd be one of the things. The action is amazing. It's one of the best, like, any movie I've ever seen. And another thing I feel like is just the story, you know. The story is really interesting. And just the characters overall. And their interactions, the, the comedy. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen too much of it, but it was definitely pretty uh, interesting film. So can you talk a little bit about the uniqueness and the effects and even the sets of this film? Like even at the beginning, they had a lot of effects and the set that they had there was pretty beautiful. So can you talk a little bit about the uniqueness of the all of that? Well, I would say this. The sets... They, they were really cool. There, there were a bunch of different places. I can't really remember what any of them were. <laughs> but, there, but basically, there's just one place that was like, it was almost like, I guess, kind of sort of a forest almost. Mm-hmm. But I forgot the exact name. And that's where Shang-Chi's mother, that's where she lived. That was her village. So that was just extremely beautiful. But the... And the sets are extremely beautiful. They're, they have, like, lots of vivid colors to them. And including Easter eggs to the comics as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was also saying, like, about the effects, like, um, like the main part about the rings. Like, can you talk a little more about, like, the effects? The effects. Well... The best thing I can say about the fix, me answering this question the best I can, they were really amazing. And especially with the, the rings, which were, you know, the best effects of the movie. So, yeah, they, they were really amazing. Yeah. And uh, talking about the sets, I mean, like I said, the part at the beginning where I felt like it was almost like a, it's just like a spa, but like a meditation type set that they had for the place where the mom lives. So I think. That was a really beautiful place. Honestly, I would want to visit that, uh, go there. Yeah, agreed. So, um, like, what can you tell us, like, more about, like, in a sense, the plot and why people should go and watch this? So, I can tell you about the plot. The plot is basically, so Shang-Chi's dad, who is the Mandarin, has this voice in his head. That sounds like his wife. So therefore, he's trying to break into his wife's village in order to get, you know, his wife out. Mm. And, well, they can expect, let's see, just a really great experience overall. Really great characters. And I guess, like, a message to just kind of show your true potential. Yes, well... Um, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. I mean, that sounds amazing already. 
I mean, I've only seen about half of it, so definitely have to go check out the rest because that sounds pretty amazing. It's an amazing film. It really is. Well, thanks for speaking with me about this film today. Thank you. You're listening to Hot Days with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 films. Today we've been talking about No Time to Die, Cinderella, Coda, and Long's Gone Wrong. We've also talked about Vivo, Cruella, In the Heights, King Richard, and our favorite film of 2021, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Next up, we will be talking about our most anticipated films for 2022. Who to Kyla? What films or shows are you looking forward to, you know, for 2022? Hmm. So I usually start looking into this stuff like at the beginning of the year because I'm still ending up the best movies of the previous year. But one of the ones I've heard about and seen trailers for, and I'm a big Harry Potter fan, is the um the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie, Secret, I believe it's called Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm so excited for that. I've watched the trailer so many times and I'm just ready for that to come out. Like I am so ready. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I'm not like extremely, extremely huge on the Harry Potter series, but I have watched a lot of the movies. So that sounds pretty dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you looking forward to seeing in 2022, Benjamin? That's a great question. All right, rundown real quick. I, I'm not going to give you a set number, but Scream, uh, can't wait. I love the first three. I haven't watched the fourth one. I've seen the trailers. It looks scary. I'll be there. Batman <laughs> looks awesome. Are you kidding me? Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves, Colin Farrell. That's all you need to know. Uh, um, I guess any of the Marvel stuff, all the super stuff, superhero stuff, I'll probably see it. I'm burning out a little bit, but I'll see it. I mean, I you know, they got me at this point. And then... Uh, and then, oh, Jordan Peele's got a new movie? That, that'll be cool. And Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah, Steven Spielberg. That's the one I'm most excited for. He's got a movie called The Fablements coming out next Thanksgiving that's about his childhood. And we kind of just got that with Belfast and some other stuff. But I'm all for the autobiographical kind of memoir thing. Nice. So what films are I looking forward to watching in 2021? Let's start with Gianna. Some films I am looking forward to watching is the second, is the sequel of the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm also looking forward to watching Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'm also looking forward to watching Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And there are many, many others. Sing 2.0, that comes out this year. There's also going to be a Flash movie. I love The Flash. And that's the all the mo- films I can think of off the top of my head. Nice. What about you, Sammy? Um, I am really excited for Minions. Uh, I mean, like, I feel like you can never get too old for Minions. It's just so, it's just really funny. <laughs> and, um... You know, it's the kind of movie that you can watch and it'll just make you happy. Like, my dad loves the Minions. Yeah, same here. I love the Minions. Well, what are you looking forward to seeing in 2022, Aiden? Uh, good question. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. And then definitely the Batman. 
that that looks awesome. And then Aquaman two is coming out, and I'm re- I'm really excited for that. And then I I am excited for the Sonic the Hedgehog two because I I think that comes out this 2022, but and Thor Love and Thunder. Those are the movies I'm really excited for seeing. What are you looking forward to seeing in 2022, Tiana? Um, so some of the movies that I really want to see is I know they're coming out with a second movie to Sonic to Hedgehog. I mean, I love the first one. Um, I also believe they're making a second to Hocus Pocus, which seems pretty interesting. Um, they're making a sequel to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I really want to see that. Um, they're making a fourth movie to Hotel Transylvania 4. Um, I look forward to, I mean, I've already reviewed it, but I look forward to sharing it with the rest of my family. Um, and there's a film called Shazam that I also believe they're making a second part to. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see that one, actually. So, yeah. yeah. I should have said, <laughs> said the Shazam film. I'm excited to see that. I should have said that. <laughs> We've had some great films in 2021, and we're so excited to see what 2022 brings to the screens. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Holidays with Kids First Coming Attractions, our top 2021 movies. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by News Omatic Film Festival. Again, I'm Tia Sermons. And I'm Aiden Payne. And we're reporting for Kids First. Happy holidays. Bye, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.